Yo, 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 man. What's up, Nashville? What's up? What's up? What's up? Peace to the city and peace to the planet, man. Another episode from the baddest podcast in Nashville, the only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today, man? We back again, y'all. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Junebook. Nashville, my name is Leon Davis Jr., man, and I just thank God for another day. I thank God for another day to be able to cherish and live and hope, man. That's that's a good thing to be able to still do and still have that in your repertoire. And also, when I look outside this morning, dude, it's, uh, I don't know what happened this weekend, man. I was out, you know, shining up the rims and, you know, little armor and all that type of thing, but ain't no way i get out there now with all that, because it's cold, dude. I'm talking about you might have to put them long johns on, man, or to put that hoodie on, man. You got to put something on, but you go out there like you was this weekend, you know what you're going to have. They call it flu-monia. That's what you're going to have. So don't do it, man. But go ahead and uh, while you on the inside of the day chilling, man, pull up Black Man Vent 2 on one of these apps, man, one of these social media outlets or whatever, and check us out, man. Check this episode out. Check this young brother out, man. He's a, he's a great young man. He knows how to invest money at a, at a young age. Here I am, my age, and I'm thinking about getting him some money. So all I'm saying is check him out. Hey, man, that is the Black Man Venture Ratchet Rather Report again with Leon Davis Jr. But on a serious note, man, today's episode is huge. If you are looking for financial freedom, I think we all looking for financial freedom. Today is the episode, man, that you guys need to tap into, man. We got a great guest that has a great business titled Incisive Investments. And our guest wanted us to let you guys know in the intro that at first, to be a part of this group, he charged a monthly fee. But as of today, being a part of the Incisive Investments Discord group chat, he's offering his services for free. F-R-E-E. Free. 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 Real free. (laughs) And this guy is, I promise you, man, he is a very well-respected brother in the financial industry, man. Incisive Investments does sports betting. They get off into real estate investment. They get into cryptocurrency. If you trade options, you trade stocks, you get into that type of thing, man. Anything with making money, Tonio's your guy, man. This is a good episode, Pop. Yeah, man. And like I said, if you're, you know, around my age and you're looking to try to put some money away, man, and not mess with it for four or five years and you want it to grow, this would be the dude you want to get in contact with, for sure. Hey, man, it's good money and it's clean money, man. That's what we like, man, on the Black Man Ventu Podcast. Again, great episode that we got for you guys on today. Take advantage of this free offer. He told us to put it on the intro. Take advantage of this free offer. Super free. Make sure y'all take advantage (laughs) of this free offer. And while you're doing that, man, $10 advertisements, man. Check in with us and tap in with us on that. Black Man Ventu, we are not a radio show. We are a podcast that gives you a radio show feeling. So with the weather report, with Black Man Ventu, Black News Weekly, with commercials, we got advertisements as well, man. $10 yeah. advertisements. Make sure you guys tap in with that. After our segment break, sponsorship segment break, we'll get right into today's episode, man. Let's make some money one episode at a time. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? And just like that, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys, man. Yep, yep. Good morning again. Tuesday morning, Nashville. We are with you guys, man. The Black Man Vitsu Podcast, the baddest podcast in Nashville. Yep. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Yes, Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today, man? I'm excited to have my boy 
Antonio McKinley on yeah. the show, man. It is it is truly, truly a blessing in the how we met. Shout out to my boy Jonathan, man, um, a part of the illustrious fraternity that is better known as Kappa FSI Fraternity Incorporated. Frat's so nice. You can say it twice. The name so twice. I am truly, <laughs> truly excited, man, to bring my brother onto this show, man. And again, just grateful to the bond and just all Greek organizations that have led so many people in the networking yeah. opportunities, um, which is, again, how we stand here today. Presenting the song, introducing the others. Today is a Zoom episode, guys. We are, well, not Zoom, Riverside. Shout out to Riverside FM. Maybe they might sponsor us if they, yeah. if they hear me talk. Yeah. So shout out to Riverside FM, wherever they may be at. But, man, check us out, man. This episode, man, I already know it's going to be a good one. Presenting yes, the song, introducing the others, my good friend, good brother, Tonio McKinley. Brother, how you doing this morning? I'm blessed, brother. I'm blessed, brother. How y'all doing? Man, good, 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 man. man. Good, yeah. good. Glad to have you, man. And it's a blessing to have technology, bro. You know, yes. man, you, you, you're where you at and we where we are, man. But it's just good to have you on the show, man, through this channel of technology we got. Oh, most definitely. We appreciate technology bridging that gap for sure. Man, yeah, man. man, I'm telling you, man. Brother, let's get into it, man. Um, it's a lot of people, man, that may not know you, brother, um, especially in Nashville, man. So let's get into who is Tony O. McKinley, man? Where you from? What are your, your 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 aspirations, man? What do you like to do every day, man? What do you do every day, man? Welcome to the show, man. Let folks know who you are. Yes, sir. My name is Tony O. McKinley. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Most importantly, Orange Mound, Memphis, Tennessee. You know, Orange Memphis Mile, is on state outside yeah. of Tennessee. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> with some bros from Orange Mound, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, older, the older, oldest brother or eldest brother of three, uh, three sons. Um, Live in Dallas, Texas right now. Graduated from the University of Tennessee. Know quite a few people from Nashville. Been back and forth. We got some family there. Um, what I like to do on a day-to-day basis is, well, one, learn, two, pray, and three, most importantly, stay in tune with my faith. Um, and what do I do in regards to, like, for a living? Um, I'm a fund manager in Dallas, Texas. Um, I oversee $23 million of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, I invest in multifamily real estate, which is essentially buying apartment building, um, trade stocks, and professionally sports bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right now, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Everything dealing with money, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. And that's the only thing I know how to do. That's it. <laughs> hey, man, me being in the in the type of ministry that I deal with, man. I before I got off into that, man, I used to be real big with that sports betting. And I wasn't no good mm-hmm. at it. So how good are you at it? <laughs> I'm super good at it. Um, I pay the bills. Um, right, pay some of my go. investors with it. All um, right. And I'm able to get back to my folks. So yeah, I guess that's the answer to the question. Yeah, you, <laughs> hey, you pretty good because I was, I was giving. I wasn't giving. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's just, man, I, I can't skip past some of the stuff you said now. We, you mm-hmm. said you oversee. Over twenty-three million dollars of let's let's get more into that, man. What 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 exactly is that industry about, man? And um, um just twenty-three million dollars to to anybody that's black, we got to figure out what 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 did you really yeah. say in that moment? So <laughs> so run that back for us, just in case somebody might have missed that for me, yeah. Tony. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I'm a fund manager of three different funds: Incisive mm-hmm. Preferred Equity Fund, which we buy apartment buildings with; um, the Magnolia Growth Fund, which is real estate. Stocks, venture capital, and sports. And then we have the Edge Seekers, Edge Seekers Capital Management, which is strictly just sports. Um, in regards to the $23 million, we rose $23 million from investors, and essentially they entrusted us 
with allocating their capital and making them a significant return to the point where they want to consistently do business with us. Mm. Right. Right. Because I think, man, you know, you talk about, man, just naturally, you got to see the numbers and mm-hmm. it takes a certain level of trust. I know, man, mm-hmm. that the investors have given you, you know, mm-hmm. to even kind of have that, man. So just naturally, bro, it's not a lot of us, if you will, that get into this type of field, man. What was the what was the, the, the passion? I know money is the passion for everybody, but outside of the value, man, what was more so the passion? behind the servitude, behind the service part of you actually giving back and teaching people all these different gifts and stuff like that? Um, I'd say, well, coming from Memphis, Tennessee specifically, um, it's a lot of us, but not a lot of us assisting each other. And then the mm. average household income is relatively low, especially the average household savings account. So me moving into finance was pretty much a no-brainer because I wanted to figure out how to be able to essentially put more money in our people's pockets. Um, while also giving them the opportunity to put money into their family members' pockets. For sure. For sure. So what was your major, man, at uh, UT? So ironically, my major at UT was retail and consumer science. Prior to Mm. that, it was marketing. I chose Mm. to go to UT because um, their college of business was top 3% in the country. However, Mm -hmm. while I was there, I realized in that college, I was more so just a number versus actually like learning. Something Mm -hmm. I came to realize is most of my teachers were trying to teach me business, but they never had one. So Mm -hmm. I decided to change my major and moved into the College of Education, which was retail and consumer science. I was Mm -hmm. one of three black men in that whole entire department. And I was the first one in the history of the department to ever get a corporate job at a Fortune 500 company outside of the state of Tennessee. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, they, man. That is to be celebrated, my brother. Yeah, that is to be celebrated. Hey, man, congratulations on that, man. Congratulations. I appreciate that. I tell you what, it's just good to see a young brother, man, that's out here grinding and doing Mm -hmm. it the right way, man. And I'm talking about here are the results, man. So don't tell me that you can't do it, whoever's listening to us right now. Don't tell mm-hmm. me you can't do it, man. You just have to be willing to put in some sacrifice, man, and, and put some things to the side until you get to your goals, man. And, and I'm watching you now, and it seems as though you, you, you've reached your goals as far as getting the education piece. But what are your mm-hmm. goals, man, as far as the financial institute and where you work at now? What are your goals in there? Are you trying to be the CEO? Are you cool where you at? You know, what, what's, what's, what's the next phase? Um. So... I want to essentially own a billion dollar fund, right? Um, right now, collectively with all three funds, we're at like $118 million. But I like to market the one that essentially has the most liquidity in regards to like no borrowing against any of the funds. Yes. But essentially yes. my goal is to be bigger than Steve Jobs, bigger than yeah. Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Remove those faces and put a brother's face up there. That's essentially what I want to do. Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yo, 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 man. What's up? What's up? What's up? Peace to the city and peace to the planet, man. The baddest podcast in Nashville, man. The only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. Nashville. Have you heard a black man vent today? Nashville. To anybody that is listening to our episode today, if you are in need of advertising for your small business, 
reach out to Black Men Vent 2. Yes, guys, we do advertising. Just like any radio show that you may hear on a podcast, we advertise. Make sure, guys, that you reach out to us, man, for three to five minutes, guys. Listen, three to five minutes, it gives you a chance to be submitted into the pre-roll portion of our episode. That's the first 10 minutes of our podcast episode. For $10, Nashville, you guys can give us a true, true explanation of who your business is, the who, what, when, where, and why of your business. You can give us a script, and we'll read this script off like some crunk high schoolers seniors at a pep rally we're gonna make sure to turn it up or you guys can send us a recording you can make a three to five minute recording detailing the who what when where and why of your business why you so passionate about it you can give us that video recording and we'll make sure to put that audio within again the first 10 minutes of our episode whether you send us a script or you send us a video we want you to be a part of black men vent too Make sure again, man, you guys contact us, hit us up for $10, Nashville, $10. Name me another media platform that's going to give you that type of promo for $10. Thank you. Tap in with us, guys. Black Men Vent 2. You can email us at blackmenvent2 at yahoo.com. That is B-L-A-C-K-M-E-N-V-E-N-T, the number two, at yahoo.com. Serious inquiries are respected. Let's get back into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, there's a such thing I feel like as a as a cultural uh Mount Rushmore. You know, we mm-hmm. gotta change them faces. Like you said, the the USA money Mount Mount Rushmore, you hear Steve you hear Steve Jobs, you hear uh, Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. you hear Gates, mm-hmm. you know, Bill mm-hmm. Gates, all those guys, man. When we, we got Tyler Perry's, we got LeBron James, we got those type mm-hmm. of guys that we, again, naturally, man, you 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 have the dream, man, of, of chasing and surpassing, you know, mm-hmm. these type of guys, man. So, hey, man, kudos to you, bro. Yeah, for man. sure. Yeah, I kudos appreciate that, brother. And, and, I, and I appreciate your servitude because I heard you say that you wanted to put money into your people's pocket, man. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing, man, because it's sad, man, because a lot of times when bros get money, man, they're not thinking on the same lines that you're thinking on right now. A lot mm-hmm. of times they're thinking about what I can do for me and mine, but not how I can serve others. And really and truly, and I heard you say you was a man of faith, too, so I'm going to go ahead and start getting on that avenue a little bit. But when you serve God in the way God wants you to serve him, and especially with your money, he makes sure that you always got something to serve him with. You know where mm-hmm. I'm going yeah, so, mm-hmm. so you keep serving it from the financial standpoint. Yeah, I think you're gonna reach your goals, man. I really do believe. Yes, yeah, sir. My over. Go ahead. You, you, you're, you're a young brother from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about the 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 adolescent Tony McKinley. What what did that look like? What did the middle school recess PE? That's all I had to worry about. Tony McKinley. How did how did growing up look like, man? In um in in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I say at the earlier part of my life, it was more so difficult. Um, we lived in not the best neighborhood. So literally every night we would come home or literally every other week after my parents would replace something that was already stolen. My house got broken into every week until I was like the age of six to the point where my parents decided to move us to Bartlett, Tennessee, 
which is literally the suburb of Memphis. So mm-hmm. when I turned seven, my parents started sending me to schools out in Shelby County versus actually within the inner city of Memphis. However, they still made sure I had ties to inner city of Memphis by sending me to the Boys and Girls Club in North Memphis. So <laughs> my summers were in the hood, but during school, they made sure my education was quality. So um, was, I'd say, yeah, I'd say I got to see equally both sides of the spectrum. Exactly. I know what it feels That's like all. to come from nothing, yeah. but mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be around people that had more than what I had and what I wanted to essentially strive to have more of once I got became an adult. But yeah. more than anything, I'd say hearing my parents say you always got somebody coming behind you was literally like the biggest motivator of my life. So for me, I couldn't do anything wrong. If I did, there was a couple of generations of doing stuff, the, doing stuff the wrong mm-hmm. way. So I have to always make sure I'm cognizant of what it was that I was doing, even as a child. So, Man, you know, we right. usually get to a little bit of this in the second phase, but I can just go ahead and hit it now because it's yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Man, what kind of pressure is that, man? Because it's like almost, and you know, and I feel that same pressure, but we're not talking about me today. We're talking mm-hmm. about you, but I, I know, I understand a little bit because I know how it feels to be, like feeling like you're the one that's carrying the, the torch, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're the one that's holding up the banner. You know what I mean? How, yeah. What kind of pressure is that really, man? What kind of pressure was that for you? Man, to this day, that's an insane amount of pressure. So everything that I did as a child and everything I do now is so my little brothers don't have to do as much or they don't have to oh, go man. through the phases that oh. I went through, right? And... Even outside, of it, I still look at my friends, whether they older than me or younger than me, as my younger brothers, because I always take the risk that I don't want anybody else to try to take, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of crying, a lot of feeling misunderstood internally, but not saying that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of questioning, okay, I feel like this is right. To get your approval as my parents, as my family members, as my friends' parents, that everything mm-hmm. was right. Um, growing up, my mom used to compare me to my best friend all the time. So why is he in this and you not doing this? Why is mm. he doing this or she doing this and you not doing this? So I made it a mission as I got older to ensure that even though I make sure like everything I do in the eyes of my younger brothers is always perfect, mm. I outdid every comparison that they ever put on me. So it's a lot of pressure. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, what? So and it, but I. I it's like a two. It's like a double-edged sword because it was a lot of pressure, but it was also a motivator. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do, man? As far as Antonio, Antonio, what does Antonio do, man, to get away from that every now and then? You know what I'm saying? What do you you play video game? You go out on the town, <laughs> man, or you run the block a couple of times? What do you do, man? <laughs> so now I started playing video games just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. my entire time I was in college I didn't play video games because I was always mm-hmm. big on I don't want my parents comparing me to nobody I got used I have dealt with that for mm-hmm. what eight years right. nine years even right. in college um, so I just now started playing video games again I'll go on vacation to do something mm-hmm. um, read reading is one of my favorite things to do okay. it like makes me escape my reality because I can live yeah. like through somebody else's lens um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go to church. So, um, going to church has been one of my biggest like escapes. I'll be honest with you, because mm-hmm. when I get so tied into the hustlers mentality and mm-hmm. trying to make sure that I'm doing everything the right way, 
um, trying to outperform myself it tends mm-hmm. to get super, super stressful up top. So yeah. make sure I go to church, give God his praise, because without him, I would be nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And without him, I would have nothing. So I go yeah. give my thanks, share my tears, let him know what's going on with me outside of church and within the church walls. Um, yeah. And make sure I have community. So spend time with my friends. Yeah. And if I can't, if I'm not in the same area as them, sit on FaceTime with them for three hours. Yeah. Making me feel like we're in the same place. So yeah. that's a big thing. Man, you got a good balance, man. Yeah. You got yeah. a good balance, my brother. You do. Very good balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're not you're not finding that type of balance, Tonio, in our generation too, bro. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. talking. I, I've always said that uh, I heard this somewhere that us as a culture, man, we're about two or three generations behind. Um just mm-hmm. due to slavery, man, due to the natural desegregation of things and stuff like that. So, man, when you look at uh, just culturally what we as black folks are doing with our money, do you have any type of confidence, man, that black people can really turn the black dollar around into more of a uh, black Wall Street, Greenwood, Oklahoma type mm-hmm. feeling? Back in the day, man, in the 1930s, where we had the black dollar turn around more times than not. Will we ever get back to that to that point just based off of what you've seen in the cultural part of the world with, fi- with finances and stuff? That's a two-way street. I say yes and no, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say yes is because ironically, since being God blessed me to put me in the position that I'm in, I've actually come to find that there are a whole lot of black people that are very well established and are very good with their money. You just mm-hmm. don't see them because they don't portray themselves on social media. They don't mm-hmm. they don't do the typical things that have been romanticized in our society. Mm-hmm. But I also say no on the other side of the spectrum because us as black people, what we have a tendency to do is to buy things in order to I wanna call it stunt, but to essentially make it seem like we're doing better than the next person when what we could have done was put all our money together and went to go buy mm-hmm. A building in downtown Memphis, a building in downtown Nashville. Come on, um, man. Come on. Um, and also, like, this is also like a a generational thing, but the generations before us have taught us to save, 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 save. Um, so even with them, they're not big on taking the risk to be able to invest. They'll say, they'll teach you that investing is a positive thing, a positive direction, right? But they don't want you to take an unnecessary risk, but in order to essentially reap the reward of whatever it may be, you have to take those unnecessary risks. Mm-hmm. Man, I like that what you said because you're so right. Coming from um, the civil rights era and then mm-hmm. coming through the 70s where we were still, you know, just not given opportunity. And we're still in that phase now, but we've come a long way. But you're so right. The culture in which I grew up in, in my generation, it, that's what it was. Save your money. Go to school. Save your money. Save your money. Save this amount of money, this, that, and the third. But now, you're exactly right. Because, see, I just got off into this stock thing myself a few years back because mm-hmm. I see the benefits of it, man. But I mm-hmm. had to, like you said, you have to really kind of take some risk. I'm going to be real with you. I take risk. I take calculated risk, but I don't take them far-reaching risk. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I I think y'all have a good uh, – I, I, I appreciate the vigor to want to take the risk, but I, I think we need mm-hmm. to take uh, 
uh, educated risk. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if we gonna get people like yourself to put yourself in position where you can help us do that, you know what I'm saying? Even mm -hmm. people like myself. See, I would need to get with somebody like you if I had a four five thousand dollars that I wanted to put somewhere and take a risk, but take a calculated risk. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think it, I think some kind of way. We need to bridge that gap, man. So how can we bridge that gap where a guy like you and your generation can give somebody like myself the confidence to say, okay, I got this, I, I just retired and I got this mm -hmm. big lump sum of money and I need to mm -hmm. do something with it. But then I'm over here looking at you and I said, this brother said he can help turn this 50000 into 250000 Well, mm -hmm. give me the confidence to do that, man. Okay, so I'll do that. After I give you an ex give you an explanation on to why okay. I'm about to do what I'm about to do, okay, okay. So first and foremost, I think it'll be hard for me to be able to do that. I'll be transparent with you, and the reason mm -hmm. being, um, in large part, us as black people, we do a lot of scamming to each other. We scam each other, Woo. and prior to us scamming each other, earlier on, our counterparts were essentially taking advantage of us because we didn't know any better, right? Yes. Um, and yes. so with that being said, it'll be hard for me to convince you. So what I've tried to pride myself on now is not trying to push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And the reason why I say that is I've seen people that look like us that have had insane opportunities to invest in things that you would never uh, think of. So, for instance, my dad knew the CEO of Cricket before he started Cricket. He offered my dad the chance to be his business partner in Cricket and he never did. And so wow. that's what I'm talking about, man. And we be missing them up there. Wow. No, and no disrespect to your dad, because I know what he, I know what your dad was saying. Your dad was like, I don't work for all this money, and I'm a saving, got my family in a good position, and you want me to take this risk? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I feel your dad, is, and like I said, mm -hmm. oh man, that's a good one. That was a good one. Yes, <laughs> that was a good mm -hmm. one. I feel and it. To, I feel it. And, and to continue on that point, right? Um. Him missing out on that opportunity. I actually went to a fund conference not that long ago, right? And there were six other black people in there that owned their own funds. And I asked them why they got into the space, right? And each one of them were like, because I wanted to provide financial, private investment opportunities to African-American people. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. bet. That's the mm -hmm. same reason why I got into it. And so I mm -hmm. asked them, I was like, so what percentage of the money within your fund is black people? It was less than 1%. Wow. And Wow, man. I was like, were they the first wow. people that you reached out to? And they were like, yes. And I was like, so what do you think the reason is why they didn't invest with you? And everybody's response was the same. Black people aren't willing to take risk on black people. They're willing to take the risk with somebody that doesn't look like us. But even with that being said, they're also too afraid to take the risk with their own capital because they don't want to lose because they were so used to not having, right? Mm -hmm. You Man, you hit the nail on the head. Yes. And so for me, I ask our people to invest with me and I give them the opportunity. Sometimes I do it with some returns that I probably shouldn't be offering, right? But that's to instill some trust, right? Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I would rather teach you at least the majority of what I know for the simple fact. It will make you more trusting to be able to give me your capital for me to mm -hmm. be able to do the right thing with it. Because at the end of the day, what I, what I would refuse to do is to take advantage of my own people, right? Um, I didn't get put in a position where I was to be able to take away and not be a good steward. So mm -hmm. hearing people that look like us have the same problem that I was having in regards to raising capital from our people, I would say 
it's really gonna take the individual that's considering there that was offered the opportunity to really take a look at themselves in the mirror and be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a risk that I need to take because I don't want to keep living like this. Yes. Yes. I want to yes. be able to leave something behind for my kids and their grandkids yes. and their yes. kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another piece, man, and I wonder how we're going to get this together. And then we're going to try to do our part, Black Man mm-hmm. Vent too. How mm-hmm. do we educate our people, man? Yeah, I know you say you got some people that you, you know, you help and this, that, and the third, but how do we get in a general sense and help our people, man, or just get that information out there and make it readily available. Here's another one. Make it readily available without me having to pay you an insane amount of money to get the information. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I say do the exact same thing that I did because right now I'm not even charging for the information that I'm giving out. I'm letting people in there for free. But exactly. <laughs> but Look, And when I said wow because I've been checking into some financial stuff and they mm-hmm. always want some money. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Me and my son was looking at some stuff this past weekend, and it was mm-hmm. about how you can get some tax breaks for the business that you're in. So mm-hmm. I, I signed on with the bros and everything. I'm not going to put they shout these stuff out because I don't want to badmouth no because it's another brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he's a wealthy brother. He made, he got mm-hmm. some good, good money. And mm-hmm. he has some stuff. He said, I'm offering you this class. And he was like, yeah, you get this class, sign up for free something free, this free mm-hmm. and that free. But why, mm-hmm. by the time I signed up for it and I got in and put my password in and all that, then he started asking for money. I'm like, oh, dude, come on now. You know so saying? I'll tell you the reason why people do that, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance, all the information that I would be able to give you, right? Mm-hmm. It took me from the time I was in the 11th grade until right now for me to be mm-hmm. able to essentially figure out all of that information, right? Right, right. And then not even just the time that was put into it, I actually had to pay some people. So for instance, mm, mm, I get it. I mm-hmm. I'm, I mentor certain people and yes, I do charge certain people depending mm-hmm. on who they are. Now, mm. for instance, me knowing your son, I can talk to your son. Yeah. We brothers in the same bond. We're from yes. the same state. I can talk yeah. to him. I can teach him some things, right? And he can teach me yeah. some things that I may not know. Everybody right. knows something that somebody else doesn't. It's a matter. It's a, a matter of being able to bring the value first and foremost. But two, you have to think about what that person had to pay in order to be able to learn all that information that they giving you for free. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, true. Now, that, that, me, that's a good point. That's a good point. Me going to these conferences, right? When I first got into the multifamily side, that's the apartment side, right? Buying the mm-hmm. apartments. When I first mm-hmm. moved to Texas, I had no idea what they were. Mm-hmm. I only knew about residential real estate in Memphis mm-hmm. and in Tennessee. Everybody that looks like us, all they talk about buying is duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, up to a sixplex. It's never more units than that. Right. right? I got down here. Obviously, I knew how to trade stocks, but me being able to be like, okay, I see these group of white people. No disrespect to white people. Um, <laughs> every Caucasian person in the city of Dallas, Texas, that's what they do for work. Mm-hmm. None of them work in actual job. They all do that. And so I was asking, I was like, okay, so how many units is the apartment complex you just acquired? 220. Wow. And they never buy it with their own money. Mm. So I had to figure out how you buy it without your own money. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's called a multifamily syndication. For all y'all listeners, there you go. That's not Mm. even a topic in Tennessee. But they essentially go out, they raise the capital from friends and family first. 
Um, and then their friends and families, friends and family essentially would um, invest into the deal. So they raise the capital, um, an acquisition fee, a sponsor fee, all of that goes to the people that are hosting the deal. They get money on the front end, but they essentially manage the apartment complex for you or hire a property manager. You get mm-hmm. paid anywhere between 8 and 12% a year just on the front end. Mm-hmm. So if you gave them a hundred thousand dollars, right, you're gonna make ten, well, eight to twelve thousand dollars mm-hmm. every year. And mm-hmm. then on the fifth year when they sell the apartment complex, seventy percent goes to the investors. So let's just say <laughs> y'all y'all invested a hundred thousand, but they only yeah. need to raise ten million. A hundred thousand is one percent, right? Yeah. So that means you get one percent of that seventy percent. So if they sold that apartment complex for 10 million in profit, 7 million goes to the investor. So you get 1% of that 7 million, right? right. What is right. it? So 7 million, that's, if, if my oh. math is right, 700,000, that's just dumb. No, so 7 million, 700,000 is 10%. So that means, yeah, 1%, yeah, 1%. So you get 7,000. No, so it's seventy thousand. So you get seventy thousand. Okay, yeah, yeah. Plus you get your hundred thousand back that you originally gave them. So now you're right. at hundred and seventy thousand. That's almost a hundred percent on your money, right? Right. And then you get the the you was getting that the eight to twelve percent. So let's just say ten percent. So you get ten percent a year for five years. Ten times five is what? That's fifty thousand. So yes, fifty sir. plus your seventy, that's what? One twenty. Yeah. So you get a hundred and twenty back plus your a hundred that you originally gave, and you don't gotta pay taxes on none of it. Because you write off the depreciation of the apartment complex. Hold on, back up now. Wait a minute, back up now. (laughs) (laughs) So I I didn't pay, wait a minute, I made this money and I didn't pay no taxes? They give you you what's called a K-1, a form K-1. You essentially file on your taxes and you write write off the depreciation. So they split the depreciation. Let's just say if it was Five million in depreciation, right? Mm-hmm. They split up that five million in depreciation with the investors. Eighty percent of that goes to the investors. So eighty percent of five million goes to the investors, wow. and then the people that were hosting the deal keep the rest. So yeah. with that being said, whatever your percentage of that eighty percent was, that's how much of the money that you don't have to pay taxes on. But if you had some depreciation from another deal that you invested in that mm-hmm. was able to carry over, you get to write that off as a loss on your taxes. So let's just say you wrote off a loss of yeah. A hundred thousand, yeah. But you made a hundred and twenty thousand. That means you only got to pay taxes on twenty thousand of the money. <laughs> hey man, quick break, quick break, quick break. We go, we, real quick, Whoa. real quick. Tony, oh, you dropping too hey, much man. game, man. I'm in here, I'm in here sweating. Yeah, hold up. Yeah, we need a break, man. Hey, we're gonna take a quick, quick commercial break, man. We can't do math. We don't know what's going on. Man, he, he dropping some true gems on the show, man. Yeah, man. After this commercial break, uh, we'll get right into, man, the second half of our episode yeah. where we'll learn a little bit more about Tony uh, O'Man and the mental health side of everything, man, that is involved yes, in finances, man. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? Yo, 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 man, what's going on? What's up, what's up, Nashville? Peace to the city and peace to the planet. How are you guys enjoying today's episode? If you like it, if you love it, if you don't like it, if you don't love it, let us know. Believe it or not, Nashville, we are willing to accept any and all criticism as we 
are aiming to change the narrative of the black man one episode at a time. And we want to know how we're doing from you guys. Feel free to give us a review on Spotify. On Facebook, you're able to give us a review as well. But just DM us. Uh, DM us on Instagram. Give us an instant message on Facebook. Let us know how we are doing so that we can be better to serve the black man. On today's commercial break, Leon Davis Jr. wanted to implement a song for our commercial break. Throughout the month of April, throughout our episodes, we have shed light on April being Stress Awareness Month. So with that being said, guys, make sure that you do something today to alleviate stress. But on today's commercial break again, my dad, Leon Davis Jr., wanted to implement a good song that I think everybody needs to hear. Jonathan Evans is the artist, and the next voice and the next song that you will hear will be from Jonathan Evans, the song being titled Outro to Manhood. Let's check it out. Men, it's time for a decision. It's time to decide whether you want to be a real man, a kingdom man, a man who brings all of his life consistently under the rule of God in submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is inviting you right now to place your life in his hands. He was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities. He died on the cross to take your place in order to forgive your sins. He rose from the dead to give you his life and he bids you come to him. Bring your junk with you. Bring your sins with you. Bring your failures with you. Bring your frustrations with you. And bring your wrong definitions of who you are with you and lay them at the cross. He stands ready right now to forgive your past, to give you a brand new start right now, and a glorious future tomorrow. He offers you not only eternal life in heaven to come, but a new life in earth right now. Do you want to change? Do you want a new identity? Do you want forgiveness of sins? And do you want to be defined by God rather than by culture? But right now, if you'll pause, if you'll bow your head, And if you'll say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. So I now trust you alone for the forgiveness of my sins. And I receive from you the gift of eternal life that you promised to give me if I came to you for it. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for starting me on the road to being a real man. In Jesus' name, amen. And just like that, man, just like that, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Tuesday morning, man. If you're just now joining us, Tony McKinley, man, right out of Shelby County, man. He's with us, gracing our platform on today. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? Tony, your brother, the trademark question that we ask every guest on every episode Mm -hmm. what would you Mm -hmm. like to vent about today on black men vent to um i say the struggles and hardship that come with one owning your own business Mm -hmm. two being in finance and three the process it takes to actually get there Mm -hmm. um i can say 
one thing that I feel like we as black people really should do more of is one say I'm proud of you. Um, that's something that we mm-hmm. don't do enough of. Um, mm-hmm. My father only told me he was proud of me probably twice the whole time I was in college. Um, the day I graduated and one other time. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big piece. And then also us being able to support each other. So if a person has a business venture, make sure you go like, share, buy, purchase, invest, everything that you need to do. Because what I went through, I will not want any other person that looks like me to go through. So um, just to give you all some background, started my corporate career at Macy's Incorporated corporate office in New York. Um, while working there, essentially, I'll tell you all what my salary was. It was $72,000 a year. Um, my very first sign-on bonus, I essentially started trading it. And shout out to my boy, Jonathan Chafin. He actually introduced me to options, ironically. Um, wow. Um, and I turned my first sign-on bonus from essentially three to 5000 and then from 5000 to twenty. Um, Went from there. My manager started seeing how much money I was making, so they decided they wanted to give me their money. I recommended them not actually give me their salaries they needed to live off of and to give me, essentially, their sign-on bonus. Well, not their sign-on bonus, but their performance bonus. Um, my manager ended up giving me her $3,000. I turned her 3000 into six. Um, anything that was made outside of that additional $3,000, I essentially kept for myself. Um, she paid me a slight management fee, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and then it led, it was essentially domino affected from there. Um, my managers, their managers, their family members, my team members, their family members, and then my family members all caught on to what I was doing. They all asked me to start doing it. I essentially, um, quadrupled the account, took it to 210,000, was doing that for a significant period of time, and then ended up losing 97% of that account. But you know, as a black man trying to build a business, I'll be honest with you, this is just my perception of myself. I care more about my business than I do about myself at times because it's my brainchild. So essentially, I forewent my salary for literally a full year's time span. And my parents had to help me coast. Um, ate oatmeal three times a day mm. for literally a month period. Um, anytime I ate anything different, it was because my friends, my family members would essentially send me a couple of dollars to go get Chick-fil-A, go get McDonald's, things like that. My lights got cut off. My car got repoed. Wow. There were certain times I woke up and didn't even want to be awake, didn't know why I was awake. Um, cried to myself. When my lights got cut off, it was in the middle of the summertime in Dallas, Texas, where you know it's one of the hottest cities in the United States. Um, Taking showers in the dark. You know, I lost my faith for a little bit. I'll be honest about that. I Uh I honestly was wondering why God punished me enough, me being the person that I always did for other people. But, you know, you're never supposed to do things for people with the idea of getting anything in return because you want to be a good steward of the Lord. But um, really just finding yourself when you fall and knowing that God going to always lead you the right way. That's been like a yes. big thing for me. So now my approach to life, my approach to dealing with other people, I'm always very, very cognizant because something my dad tells me every day, everyone wants to be with the winner. People always want to be with you when things are going well, but no one ever mm-hmm. understood where it took and no one ever wanted to support you when you were right. in the early stages. So mm-hmm. I think I want to vent about us as black people being able to support each other more. That's like the biggest thing because I feel like we don't do enough of that. I think that's, I think you own it some, man. I think when you said us supporting black business, man, us being a small business where we are right now, 
I know what you, we know what you're talking about, man. And that's what makes it sometimes such a such an endeavor to try to even start a black business, man, because you're trying to figure out where's my support gonna come from when I have mm-hmm. those down moments. Who am mm-hmm. I gonna be able to fall on, man? And there's a lot of times we started thinking about people and there's not nobody in our family. If anything, it's like like friends and co-workers sometimes, stuff like that. And then you don't mm-hmm. want to really trust them with your business idea because you might mm-hmm. they, they might steal it from you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, man, to get a to start a business like you said without having that that strong foundational support. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's the reason people don't get started and stuff, man. That is so mm-hmm. true. That's the starting small. You know what I'm saying? Starting mm-hmm. small. So a large part of our culture has a crabs in a bucket mentality. Everybody wants to be the top dog, but nobody wants to work together to be able to build their own kingdom together. You're um, so right. You're so right. And yes, like a big flaw is people stealing ideas. Um, people will not support your business and then go and start a business very similar to what you did or like implement oh. the ideas that you already oh, had. Man. But at the oh. end of the day, if you were the person that the idea originally came from, there is always only one you. So if the person that you wanted to support you is not the person that is supposed to, then they just weren't your target audience. I'll be honest with you about that. Um, But I can say, like, in my experience, the people that you expect to support you the most are the people that support you the least amount or not at all. And it's always going to be a person that you don't know or a person that doesn't look like you that supports you. And this is no shame on individuals that look like me. When I was in my situation where I was struggling and felt like I was thrown in water with no life jacket, the only people that did help me were three of my close friends, my dad, my mom, my brothers that didn't even have jobs, and my grandma. And everybody else that helped me did not look like me. We mm-hmm. we as a society we, we race racism is a very prominent thing still. It's not gone by any means. Mm-hmm. But something that I want us as a generational well, us as a society, us as an ethnicity to do is stop thinking everything is about color because it's not. Mm-hmm. Um if anything, I feel like people that don't look like us, whether they're Asian, Caucasian, um Hispanic they're willing to support everything it is that we're willing to do. They just need to see the initiative. So, for instance, when I go home and I'm in Memphis, I try not to go to Memphis very often, to be quite honest, but there's a lot of negative energy. I would rather stay in Texas. I had Christmas in Texas this year, yeah, this past yeah. year, instead of going home. Um, you go to the bank and you try to get a loan as a black person. You'll get denied, but the first thing that you're going to think is they didn't give it to me because I was African-American. Oh, Mm-hmm. that's not the case. It took some time for me to understand that and for me to be around other black people that are in higher positions than I am that I want to be in and for people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. It's because we go in unprepared because we don't know how to pre- prepare a business plan. We don't know what documents we need to have in place. We just go in there with an idea and maybe an EIN number and think that that's okay. No, that's not everything that we need. We need people to be able to teach us. Mm-hmm. But see, we don't seek out that information and it's always us arguing with each other like I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can support mm-hmm. each other while also teaching each other. We have to be willing to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yo, 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 man. What's up, Nashville? What's up? What's up? What's up? 
Peace to the city and peace to the planet, man. We are excited to bring to you guys, man, another Black Man Event 2 Black News Weekly segment. The baddest podcast in Nashville, the only podcast that gives you a radio show feeling with a podcast undertone. If you would like some black news to be spread on our platform, on our media platform, give us a shout. DM us on Instagram, holler at us on Facebook, or email us at blackmanvent 2 at yahoo.com. Let's see what we got going on throughout Nashville from the culture. Shout out to Avriana, the personality. If anybody can connect us with her, please do so. Shout out to Avriana, the personality. Today, guys, today, she is debuting her live TV show, Avriana, the personality's Music City Check-In with DJ Magic and Sean, the comedian. You guys can attend that live. I believe she had tickets and I believe they sold out. But nonetheless, share a post. If you see her flyer anywhere on social media, make sure to show her some love in the comments. She will be again airing and debuting her TV show on today. She has special guests such as ABK Gates, Sweet Poison. The list goes on. Guys, make sure again today, Tuesday, April the 25th at 7 p.m., the address, 510 Broadway, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. Again, the Nashville Black Market is pushing and sponsoring and showing love to Avriana The Personalities Music City Check-In TV show. A live audience will be represented today, today being April the 25th at 7 p.m. 510 Broadway, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. What else do we got going on throughout our city of nashville guys this saturday if you're not doing anything this saturday the dream initiative usa guys they are partnering with so many different uh businesses goodwill slim and huskies corner to corner make sure you guys tap in because they have what is called a second chance resource and job fair event you guys will find different resources different support groups job opportunities and different panels of people that will discuss these things again it is a job fair event that will be held this saturday april the 29th from 10 a.m to 3 p.m at the creative affairs nashville that is 970 madison square 37115 saturday april the 29th from 10 to 3 the creative affairs nashville 970 madison square 37115 is the zip code again the dream initiative has is having a job fair and guess who's going to be a part of that event as a vendor make sure you guys come out and show some love to black men vent to buy some merch check us out we got some shorts on the way they will not be presented this saturday but they are on the way but nonetheless just come and be a part of the dream initiative and everything that they have to offer let's get back into this episode And I think what you said also, see, I think we got to get this too. If you're trying to help me, mm-hmm. then I shouldn't think that you belittling me because you're mm-hmm. helping me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And sometimes mm-hmm. we get that pride thing, man. And we're like, man, I know you this and you that. And you, it sounds like you're talking down to me. No, man, you're trying to help me, man. And I got to mm-hmm. humble myself and take this information and try to work it. But a lot of mm-hmm. times we get, like you said, crabs in the barrel mentality. We get mad because you got it and I don't. But we didn't mm-hmm. see all the times what you just said when you cried, when you took showers and we didn't see all that. All we mm-hmm. saw is 
when you was when you had blow when you blew up, I saw mm-hmm. that. That's what I mm-hmm. wanted. It looked like you mm-hmm. taking me too long to get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the thing too, Tony or man, that we seeing with your story, bro, is that you know you human just like anybody else, mm-hmm. man. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, like the old saying says, you put you put your your legs and your pants just like just like me and my dad do, bro. But mm-hmm. I think the thing that is is beautiful is you have a heart of servitude. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. you really do want to yeah. help the next, not even just the next black person. Like mm-hmm. you really want to just help anybody that is willing to receive mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. that brings me to my point. I've I've been for the past like month or two been really, really driving emotional discipline. And I think emotional discipline is important in your finances because we've mm-hmm. heard of that term impulse buying mm-hmm. i got that bad when i go past chick-fil-a i, I go past chick-fil-a on a sunday knowing that they ain't mm-hmm. serving no dang chicken you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's one of those things on a serious note man well how what is your advice in terms of regulating your emotional intelligence with your checking and your savings account how important is that to make sure that you're not impulse buying on things that you need or don't need or you're not allowing social media to tell mm. you that you need the next item or the next pair of Jordans or the next car. What, what, mm. Where does your emotional intelligence have to be at, at the level that you're at financially? Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, me trading and me sports betting really created a sense of emotional intelligence because it's more so, it's 95% psychology and 5% knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so when it comes to that, I think me being around people with money and actually putting myself in those rooms really changed my thought process because they don't look at money as money. They look at it as time. So for instance, if you work a job and you work 40 hours a week, right? And you get paid bi-weekly, but you get paid $2,000 every paycheck. That means 40 hours of your time is $1,000. So if you went and bought something that costs $500, then you just spent 20 hours of your work week on that literally spur of the moment decision, right? Wow. So what I've started doing mm. for myself is if it's a big purchase, if I have the money, I'm going to literally give myself a deadline. Okay, I give myself 30 days. For instance, my car is just bought. I give myself 30 days to make enough money to go and buy this car outright. I'm not going to use the money I already have, right? Mm. And then on the flip side of that, if it comes down to purchasing something. Okay, if I go and buy a new iPhone, the new iPhones typically like cost what? Right, I don't right, even know. Right. So if you're gonna spend a thousand dollars, okay. If I go and buy this, how long is it gonna take me to make the money back? I have to literally make the money back either that day or within that week in order for me to go and buy something. So I have to literally tell myself, this is how much time it goes it's going to cost me to buy this. This is how much time I need to have to make sure I make this back. So literally before I go and buy anything, it's one of those two thought processes that go into my head. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I stop looking at things in regards to dollar value because you'll get left behind in life. That's the reason why most investors are willing to give you a certain amount of money because they know they can go and make it back doing this, 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 and this. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to that's the same thing that applies to you owning a business, right? Most of black culture, like the wealth that comes from black culture is entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what a lot of those people have tapped into was realizing, understanding numbers and understanding time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
how much time do I have to put into to be able to make enough money to go and do this? So, for instance, LeBron James, all of his stuff is time-oriented and his image. How much time do I have to go and put into doing this Sprite commercial for them to pay me this? That's mm-hmm. how he negotiates all of his 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 uh, earnings. So, mm-hmm. really, time. How much time are you spending? Yeah, man. And that and, and that yeah, that's a great way to look at it, man. I never that's really the first time I ever really heard that concept yeah. or that thought yeah. process, man. And that, that, mm-hmm. you you got me got my wheels turning, man. Because even in because even at my age, I'm still thinking about what you said, leaving a legacy, leaving something for somebody mm-hmm. else to, you know, because that's another thing that we that, that we didn't do as a culture, man, until just seems like recently, but it wasn't a thing when I was growing up, is look for, look at trying to help the next, the next generation. It was always mm-hmm. like, make your money, spend your money, live, just live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't mm-hmm. like trying to invest for the future, none of that stuff, man. And I really didn't come into that mindset until I got, you know, start working in my job that I work now. I've been there for 23 years, but that's what helped me get the mindset is to, to start investing in the future. And the only mm-hmm. reason I did that, man, it's just by the grace of God, you know, because they offered it. You know what I'm saying? They offered the 457 plan. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be here, I might want to jump in there. And I'm glad I did. The only drawback mm-hmm. is I wish I hadn't been afraid to put more into it at a young age. That's mm-hmm. what I wish I had a did. I wish I had mm-hmm. to put more into it. Now, granted, get, you get a little return coming, but I start thinking, like, man, if I don't just stop doing this and put that money into that, then look what mm-hmm. I will have right now. Because, like you said, you got investors that you know playing with it all the time, and it, mm-hmm. it, it and of course it went down last couple of years. But I know how that thing go. It's gonna pick back up. I well, know he, it's gonna pick back up. He spoke on it too, though, mm-hmm. talking about the risk. You know, yeah. like probably at your yeah. age around that time, he was afraid to take the risk. I really was because mm-hmm. I'm trying to raise a family and all this type of stuff, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Antonio, man, I, I did want to ask you this, man, as we uh, get ready to wrap up in the next five or seven minutes, bro. But with you naturally, I, I would just I would say, assuming that you are the breadwinner of your family, how much and I think we've asked that kind of kind of a little bit in minutes before. But I really, really want to get into you, Tonio, just to ask, man, how much pressure is there? Because we're talking about a black brother from Memphis, mm-hmm. right? Born and raised, man, kind of in that area. You had to go to the suburbs for a little bit, went back to the Boys and Girls Club and throughout the summer. So you always had that that taste of 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 of, of Shelby County always in you, man. So for you mm-hmm. to naturally be the breadwinner, bro, do you get certain family members, man, that may give you a certain type of eye or a certain type of look if you don't give them ten dollars here or thirty dollars there or or do they you know some black folks man we like to keep track records of the wrong thing you know what i mean <laughs> so i just mm-hmm. i just want to know man what what pressure is that involved bro just naturally now you're at that stage where you pretty much if if somebody need a dollar they're gonna look to tonio before they look to anybody else so how much pressure is that and how have you been able to kind of balance that out as well Oh, um, so <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, bro, because I'm uh-huh. thinking about my thought process now. But um, it is a lot of pressure, bro, because I'll be honest with you. Like, I come from you have two different demographics on mm-hmm. my maternal side and my paternal side, mm-hmm. right? On my paternal side, everybody is in their own. They stay in their own business. They're not worried about none of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then on my maternal side. Everybody is nosy. Everybody's in everybody's business. Everything that's going on, right? <laughs> and so, 
Yeah. With that being said, it's like my mom has a help everyone mentality, right? Which I think that's where part of like say, that part of me comes from, right? Yeah, yeah. And literally, she'll find out an idea. It could be something that could make her insanely wealthy, and she would. She's gonna go and tell her siblings and everybody else that is going on, but not actually like jump on it herself first in order to teach herself. So mm-hmm. with that being said, it's like I start getting phone calls from family members I don't talk to. Family members that have not, I have not seen or I have not like I don't since I have been an adult, I don't talk to them. Um and it's like I have family members that's 40, 50 years old that's calling and asking me for advice. Mm-hmm. I just turned 25. Why are you asking me for advice? I should be asking you for life advice, not you asking me, right? right. But at the end of the day, we have to pour back into our people. So it does get kind of hard because you have to have a clear divide into what you're willing to do. Because at the end of the day, something that we as people have a bad problem with is we feel like everybody's obligated to do something for us, but they aren't, right? Mm-hmm. In those moments in which a person is like at their lowest point and you're not there to help and they call out for, to you for help, but you're not like you don't help. Why do you expect them to be willing to even give you advice to help you to do any of these things when they're in a better situation? And so then you have that sense. They have that sense of obligation where it's like you have to slowly start to like distance yourself from the people that you once thought were for you because they aren't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it creates an insane amount of pressure that started when the first first went to college when I first graduated from college it's not even the breadwinner thing it's just like the golden family member the person that went yeah, to school yeah, yeah. the person that's connected to everybody the person that yeah. did everything Man, know, that yeah. everyone wants to do and no I'm not sure like if your pops can attest to this but when most people have children their life kind of like ends and it's more so now I got to provide I have to work right and mm-hmm. so it's like in most cases, from what I've seen, most parents, they try to live out the dreams that they had for themselves through their kids. So then it creates an insane amount of pressure. This is worse than like just family members calling you, right? So and true. so you have that pressure and then you add on whether or not you're the older sibling, mm-hmm. um, the first child, mm-hmm. the first grandchild, the first mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. plus everyone calling you, mm-hmm. that'll drive a person crazy, right? And so yes. now you have to really sit down and like, okay, how do I remove myself from that to the point where I'm just a regular family member? Yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. when you go around them, you don't want to talk about business. You want to, don't want to yeah. talk about everything yeah. that you have going on that could benefit them because then everyone wants you to give them money to be their investor. Then everyone wants this and everyone wants that. It's no longer about love and nurturing. It's all about mm-hmm. money and mm-hmm. right. getting ahead, right? Yeah. So, I say that's an insane amount of pressure, bro. It's just yeah. you figuring out how to operate that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Man, when you was uh, with that pressure, but before before we got into that piece, I want to go back to the piece where you said when your lights was out and mm-hmm. your car had got repossessed and you was taking showers in the dark. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a dark place in your life, man. How dark did it really get, if you don't mind being transparent about that? How dark did it really get? Did it get to the point, and if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, but did it get to the point where you thought about, okay, forget it. I can't do it no more. I'm just going to check out. 
Yeah, it did. Um, but there's a but with that. Um, mm-hmm. I've always wondered why a person would do that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's always been a big mission of mine to if another person tried to do that, be there for them, right? But if it was in a situation where I had to do it, you stronger than what you want to do to yourself. So it did. There were several times. So I live on the top floor of my apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And there were times where I would literally just stand there for literally like an hour, just looking over. Like I could really just go ahead and end it all right here. But then I started thinking about like my life is not just for me, and it's not just about me. I have parents that are gonna yes. miss me. I have siblings that really look up to me. That wow. it's time where we have a conversation. And I'm like, I didn't realize I actually pay attention to as much of what I'm doing as y'all do, right? And it took like probably like a month or two after I got out of that situation for me to really have a conversation with my pop about a day where I sat down. And this is me being transparent on y'all show. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the magazine out of my gun. And I took the bullets out of it. And I literally turned it and just stared down the barrel of it for like 30 minutes. And I was like, bro, like, I could really just do this. And I won't have to deal with none of this. I won't have to be stressing about how I'm about to eat. I won't be stressing about being a burden to anybody else asking them for help. I won't worry about a person literally yelling at me and cussing me out because I asked them, could, like, they loaned me some money and I was going to pay it back by this time, but then I couldn't. Um, man, that was a super dark place. That was probably the darkest it had ever been. Um, days where I literally didn't eat, I lost. 21 pounds throughout their process. Really? Wow. Wow, man. Go back. Uh, 21, what'd you say? 121? No, he lost. Dude. Oh, you lost. I 21. lost 21 pounds. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, and, and that happens when you stressing, man. Yeah, yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of, we kind of went through some some stressful stuff, man, last year this time, and yeah, it will cause you to be stressed out, man, and, and, and I heard you say this too, and you know you're human, like my son said. It will cause you to forget about your faith for a minute mm-hmm. because your situation is so dire that sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. You know, I, I, I've been in these places. I've mm-hmm. been in places, man. It sounded like you was there too, where you can't even pray for yourself, man. And I never mm-hmm. thought I'd get to that place, but I've been there, man. And it, it don't feel good to not even have words to speak to God, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you just be so down and so broken, mm-hmm. man. You know what I'm saying? But I thank God for how faithful he is, man, because he continues to give you that hope, man. And your mm-hmm. hope, I just heard you said, I got a mama, I got a daddy, I got a brother I got to live for, man. So I just can't, I just can't do that. But that was always your hope. That's what mm-hmm. God was still giving you that hope, man, that little glimmer. I, I see, a, I see, people can't see this, but I see a glimmer of light right behind you. And that's mm-hmm. what he was doing for you, man. He was always mm-hmm. giving you that right. glimmer of hope, man. Right. And that's mm-hmm. and, and when you said this earlier. That's when it's so important for us to support one another, mm-hmm. man. Man. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll give you all three points, right? So last night I got to listen to Michael Todd preach in person. He actually came mm-hmm. to my church down here in Dallas. Okay. And the biggest piece that I took from his message is having faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so... His thing was, without faith, there is nothing else, right? So, mm-hmm. God will give you a test mm-hmm. that he wants you to essentially at least attempt to pass. Because to him, you always pass because you tried and you believed, right? Mm-hmm. And 
then he'll bless you. That first blessing is not the promise, it's the practice. He just wanted to see if you were going to believe, right? Mm. And honestly, it really made me sit down and take the time to like go back to that situation I was in. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think I borrowed like $1,200 from somebody. And this is actually what taught me how to sports bet. During that time, I started sports betting. Mm-hmm. I would lose some here, win some here. I had enough to pay the people back and had enough for me to be able to eat, like pay myself, like at least go and buy myself some groceries for a little bit, right? Right, right. Now, right. obviously, those people didn't know this necessarily what I was doing at the time, but they had enough faith in me to let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. March Madness came around. I turned, for the money I had left over, I had like $250. I lost it all into $80. Turned the 80 into 21,000 and I had enough to essentially pay off a couple of investors and mm-hmm. eat for a couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. And so once all the money was gone, I spent it to pay it off those investors. Uh, it was essentially like I was back to square one again. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was able to give my car back because my dad paid for it. Mm-hmm. They put it out for repo again. Mm-hmm. So I started hiding it on like on all the garages around my apartment. Look, that's that's that that's that hood training right there. <laughs> that's that hood training. <laughs> and so it got to the point where I met a pastor and his wife. They were my neighbors. Never even knew they existed. Actually right. met them in this spot that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. But they fed me a couple times and it got to the point where I started telling the husband that, bro, I haven't even paid my rent in like two months. I have no idea how they have not evicted me, right? And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to do something to boost my confidence because the reason why I'm in this situation still is because I lost all confidence. Confidence and faith are the biggest things to keep you going, right? Mm-hmm. It'll open up so many doors. Yeah. And so in that situation, I essentially decided, okay, borrow some money and I'm going to do something that I know I can do better than everybody else traded. The day that they came and put the eviction notice on my door for the amount of money that I was behind, I made $518,000 off of a trade. Paid off my car, paid off my rent for an entire year, paid my parents some money, tithed. (laughs) 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 And Look at that. Look at that. It was crazy because it wasn't just that one trade. I was like, okay, I at least want to at least make at least fifty thousand dollars. That's enough to get me all the way out of this situation. Yeah. Called the repo company once I made the first nineteen thousand and asked them, okay, so can I pay the past due payments on the car? They was like, no, it's been past due for too long. You either got to pay the whole amount you owe or like surrender the car. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So yeah. I paid off the entire car. They weren't expecting that. And the day that I did it, I saw the repo truck outside as I was leaving to go and pay it. So when I made all of the money. Wow. Wow. I was like, you know what? I'll never finance anything else ever again for the simple fact. I don't like when I feel like somebody else owns something that I cherish so dearly. So yeah. even when it comes to being in a situation with friends and family, if I'm going to give somebody something, I don't want them to feel like I have emotional control over them. So I'm going to give it to you out of the, this, the kind, out of the kindness of my heart mm-hmm. and because God told me to. So yes. that dark place opened up a part of my heart that I didn't even know was there. Cause I really hated people that entire time. I did not like anybody. I didn't think anyone was for me. So yeah. that's the biggest takeaway from that. 
man that's a great that's a great story man and really just a great bringing us to a close on this second half man but (laughs) hey man that was incredible man that's an incredible story and i hope our audience appreciated that as much as we did Mm -hmm. need i remind y'all he is a good brother of kappa alpha psi fraternity (laughs) incorporated yo to the good news nice you can say it twice so i just gotta i just gotta feel that in but tony oh man you have a truly truly inspirational story bro um from from man little brother to big brother man wow like that that was amazing Mm -hmm. just to be able to have Everything, man, that, that you just said on our platform, bro, for years to come, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro, for gracing thank our you platform, for that, man. man. Yeah, thank I you. I appreciate that, man. y'all for having me. And, man, and I, really I appreciate do. one piece, man. I want to make sure we don't leave this out. Everything that I heard you say, I truly believe it was God led. Mm. It was God led because God gave us this platform. God gave you what He's given you and giving you the elevation in your life, and He brought mm-hmm. us together, man. So it's a, it's a, it's all a God thing, man. It's all a God yes, thing. Man, as we get ready to wrap up, bro, last thing we want to give you, man, uh, about two to three minutes, we we always let our guests do this, man. There's somebody, bro, that heard your whole story about you, man, having to go through the trenches, man, of eating that oatmeal, man, and, and naturally taking cold showers and whatnot. They still thinking about crashing out, bro. It's somebody that's still on the edge of their bridge that you're talking about, man, that, that, that that's like, man, no, Antonio, yeah, that sounds nice, but I'm still thinking about crashing out, man. I want to give up. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Based off of your story, man, what can you tell that person that's listening to your story, haven't heard your story, but still thinking, man, that they just have no hope? One, maintain your faith and know that you're not there by yourself because at the end of the day, whatever decision got you to the point that the situation that you're in, God knew you were going to make that decision before you did. So at the end of the day, he already has an exit for you to be able to essentially release yourself from the pain um, (laughs) and to what he has for you and your purpose. And as something my dad always tells me, you have to go through it to get to it. So I always know there's always going to be another speed bump. You just have to cross it. And every time, even if you go through the same thing five times, there was a different lesson to be learned. And you always going to come out of that situation 10 times better because you're going to know how to handle it. You're going to really start thinking about, okay, I did this the first time. How did I do this? How do I do this the second time in a different way? And I always include the people that care about you. Now, Family is who you choose most times, but you always have somebody that's looking out for you. Family could be somebody that you literally just met the other day. So rely on your community, rely on your support system. Um, if you drowning, I guarantee you at least one of them will jump under the water, put your legs on their shoulders so you can at least breathe a little bit. Just You have to be willing to ask. The worst person can tell you is no. Um, but there's always going to be somebody that's willing to help. So maintain that belief in yourself. And love yes. God always. I love it. Tony, yo. Tony, yo, man. Yeah, hey, man. This a bad dude, man. Yeah, Again, man, we are super, God. super excited, man. Yes, Glad to have my boy from Dallas, Texas, man. He has graced our platform, oh, man, yeah. from Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to mm-hmm. all my Shelby County folks, man, gracing our audience today. It's been another good episode. Bye. Yes, sir. Hey, Tony, yo, man. We ain't going to hold you no longer, man. But I tell you what, you have really blessed us, man. And not only did you bless us, man. But you bless me on an individual basis because I I've got to rethink some things now just mm-hmm. by hearing this you know just by going through this uh, uh, process tonight man I messed it this morning but just mm-hmm. by hearing all the information that you shared man I hope somebody heard it and I hope if you need to hear it again 
you, mm -hmm. go listen to it again, uh, Black Man Vent 2 audience. Go listen to it again because I am. So go listen mm -hmm. to it again. <laughs> hey, man, another good episode. Tonio, thank you again, brother. Yes, it sir. is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can, and you can't with what you can't. Nashville, until next week, it's a wrap. Black Man, don't get trapped.